This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we bring you our Football Friday podcast for week number two. Hey, I've, I've said this my whole life of doing football and doing football shows for well over 40 years. Nothing goes, nothing travels as quickly as the football season. You're in week two. Next thing you know, you're in week eight. Next thing you know, it's Thanksgiving. Next thing you know, it's the holidays. And you're talking about, you know, wild card implications and playoff possibilities and everything else. The league just flies by. Uh, it, it's the quickest time of the year. And as you get older, everything's quick. But you know what? The quickest time of the year. It began last night with the Eagles moving to 2-0. and They didn't play well again. Uh, there's a lot of things they need to clean up. They obviously were missing a bunch of people on defense. And it showed with uh, the points they gave up, especially late. Uh, it was a tough game not to cover if you were an Eagle fan because of the fact they had the touchdown call back. They should have gotten a pass interference on the next play. They didn't get it. They could have opened up a 20-point lead late. Instead, uh, they ne- never went to make it two scores, which made no sense. I don't understand why they did that. And they wind up winning by six, which could have put you on a push or put you as a loser in this game. Um, the Vikings are now 0-2. I picked them as an under this year. I thought they'd have a very tough season. Uh, they were the classic return to the mean uh, for a team that last year was so brilliant. 11-0 and in one-score games, and really they weren't that good. Now they've lost a ton of people on defense, and they have problems on the offensive line. We know how good their passing game can be, uh, and it was, you know, it was good again last night, but they've turned the ball over way too much, and now they've lost to Tampa and Philly, and 0-2 starts can easily become 0-4 starts, so next week's game will be a very pivotal one for them. So the Eagles, 2-0, and if you look at their schedule, they could easily open four, six and zero, five and one with the schedule they play, but you can see that they have not yet picked up the nuances of the offense in the passing game under their new offensive coordinator. So I think you see some of that. They got off to a slow start last night. They weren't moving the ball against the different looks that Flores was giving them uh, for the Viking defensive coordinator. And then they went to just pounding the football behind that offensive line, and they did it the rest of the night and pounded it very, very impressively. And now the Eagles already jumped out to a 2-0 and start. For the locals, very interesting week. The Giants off, hey, I don't need to say anything more than I said about their week one performance. Now they try to make it 1-1 one and one against Arizona. Arizona last week played tough on defense. You know, they got six sacks. They forced turnovers. Defense was the reason why they scored points. Their offense did nothing. But the Giants have to beat Arizona and then 
next Thursday, they play on the road in San Francisco, which will be a very, very hard game to win. So if they can just split these games, do what they need to do, beat Arizona, and then if they ever upset San Francisco, that would be a wonderful thing for them. But if not, one-on-one would be acceptable to come back from this little swing uh, that they're on. And again, this is a very big plus for the Giants that coming off what was a, an abysmal week, an incredibly disappointing week from the top of the franchise to the bottom with how they played and what they showed against the Cowboys. Uh, they need to bounce back against Arizona, and it would be sh- surprising if they didn't against an Arizona team that's probably the worst team in the league. Uh, Jets obviously have to show that they can be a winning team in big spots and doing it with the defense, with the running game, with field position, with special teams, and then having a quarterback who doesn't make the killer mistake now that Zach Wilson is in charge. Uh, Zach Wilson saying the right things, saying how he wants to emulate everything that Aaron Rodgers does. Well, it'd be nice if he could emulate Aaron Rodgers' accuracy, which he can't, because he is extremely inaccurate with the ball, and Aaron is legendary has legendary status as a pinpoint passer. The Jets got a win. Hey, we can analyze that game all we want. The bottom line is, if Josh Allen has any ball integrity, the Bills win that game. Case closed. They win that game. But the turnover on the third down pass and then the mindless turnover where he took his eyes off the ball in shotgun and then turned the ball over on the 27-yard line, that was clearly the difference in the game. It kept the Jets in the game. The Bills coming back, tied the score, sent it to overtime, and then the punt return ended it for the Jets. Good win for them against the Bills. Takes a lot of pressure off to get that week one win. Now they go to Dallas. You know how impressive Dallas was. You know, Dallas didn't have to do much on offense. So you can't say they were good on offense. They weren't. They had 265 yards of offense. But they didn't have to do anything. They scored so many different ways they block a field goal for a touchdown they get a defensive pick six the bottom line is they didn't have to do anything they just had to show up offensively and not turn the ball over that's all they had to do now they get the uh jets it can be fascinating to see how well the jet defense plays in this spot now you're getting a bundle of points they've made the jets nine point underdogs which is extreme but hey Let's see what the Jets are offensively with Zach Wilson, the quarterback. So that is going to be critical. Now, again, they are going to manage his game. You saw that. See, Salah can say anything he wants. The play calling will tell you when and if they have any confidence in Zach, at quarterback. They had none in week one, and rightly so. He threw a horrible pick, and on the touchdown pass that Wilson caught, the ball was an absolute interception. Zach didn't do anything well. I I know that some people said, oh, look, look at all these great quarterbacks who had lower quarterback ratings than Zach Wilson. Hey, that's you want to look at the game that way, that's silly, okay? The bottom line is when the Jets got the ball back in a tie game, knowing that on the other side is a quarterback who can take the field in chunks and has done it repeatedly throughout his career, 
and did it again in this game. Got down and got a field goal and got it comfortably and could have, if he had a couple more seconds, attacked the end zone in the last two minutes. So you knew, you knew he was going to come back despite the turnovers. And he did. He came back on the Jet defense. But the Jets got the ball on the 27-yard line and never tried to put the game away. Not one time did they throw the ball. Not one time did they look at the end zone. They did not put the ball in the air once. Why? Because they're afraid of their quarterback. When they're not, they will attack. But the key now is that Zach doesn't have to be a guy who's going to lead. He needs to be a game manager and not make the fatal mistake. That's the key. And then you'll see if he can drive his team for game-tying or game-winning scores, which is the next step. But the first step is not to destroy the ball game for the Jets. Then the next step will be whether he can have positive inertia in these games. Do I believe that he can do this job? I don't. I think this is going to be a big negative for them. Can they make the playoffs with him? They will have to play so well on defense and the running game for that to happen. And you're going to get a lot of tests starting Sunday with the Cowboys. With games coming up against, obviously, the Pats, who are going to be a nuisance. The Chiefs, the Eagles, they got a lot of tough games coming up. And we're going to find out right off the bat. And it gives the Jets time. They want to right now show that they are behind them. First of all, there's not that much out there. Who, who's the guy to get? I know everyone's been debating that. Forget the pie in the sky stuff with Tom Brady, okay? That's nonsense. And they're not going to go near Brady. They're not going to go near Kaepernick. They're not going to go near the extreme cases. Are they going to dust off Philip Rivers? I doubt it. Are they going to dust off Matty Ice? I doubt it. Jameis Winston, I like Jameis Winston. He's not right for this setting because he is a feast or famine quarterback. That's not what they need. They don't need a guy who wants to put the ball 70 yards down the field. They don't need that. That's not who they're going to be in this offense with this quarterback or with any quarterback right now. But the question is, do they have to go shopping in the next month? That's really the question that needs to be answered. And they will try to answer it starting this week in Dallas. Week two, a lot of people banged up after week one. You know, the, the problem with the league now is it's very hard to get a grip, even in week one, on where teams are because so many teams don't play their regulars at all in the preseason anymore. You heard the Eagles say that they might re-examine that after they didn't play anybody on offense in the preseason and didn't like the way they played in week one. Now, in week two, they went to their power running game, and that was the difference. That was the difference in the game for them. The few times that the Vikings showed man defense in the secondary, which wasn't often, okay, they went after it. They hit Smith with a touchdown. They hit Brown with a touchdown when it was called back because the uh, back, Penny, held, and he did hold on the play. But they missed the obvious pass interference on, with Brown. And Brown was frustrated last night because he didn't have any numbers, and Smith had big numbers. Um, that's the way wide receivers do it in this league. They get mad whenever they don't get the ball. 
any of those big, big wide receivers, when they are in the third quarter and they haven't caught the ball yet, you'll see them. They'll, they'll be upset because they want the football. We know that. And most of the time deserve it. That was clearly past interference. They didn't call it. Okay. Hey, they're going to miss plays just like the players are going to miss players. Packers at the Falcons, both teams coming off victories. Love was good, 15 and 27, 245, three touchdowns. Beat up on the Bears, who don't look very good. Falcons ran the ball, and you know they can run it. They have a good offensive line, they have good backs. They didn't show any passing attack in this game. They're going to have to show more here against a team like the Packers. One of these teams, though, is getting off 2 0, and already. That team, now you know I thought Atlanta was going to be a winning team this year and a team that could sneak into the playoffs. Let's see how this game, if the Falcons can win this game, get to 2-0, would be a very big step in the right direction. They're in the right division. Raiders got a win last week. They go to the Bills. The Bill, it, there's three teams, and this is a big theme in week two. Three of the big AFC teams, and we've talked about how the AFC is light years ahead of the NFC. The NFC has three teams, Dallas, Philly, and San Francisco. Put them in any order you wish. A lot of people like San Francisco because of what they did in Pittsburgh in week one. I don't trust them staying healthy with key guys. Keeping Trent healthy, keeping McCaffrey healthy, keeping their key defenders healthy. Not easy to do, and they don't usually do it. But the three teams in the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills were all bad and all losers in week number one. The Bills, losers because Allen continues to be incredibly careless with the ball. That has got to stop. I mean, two of the errors, the Jets went and got him. Two of the errors were unforced errors. But four turnovers... On the road, you're going to come up a loser more times than not. We know how talented Allen is. We know what he can do, but he has got to stop doing a poor man's Brett Favre imitation. And I'm talking Brett Favre early in his career. He has got to, has got to take care of the football before he does anything else. And we know... This week, he'll probably go out there against the Raiders, put up four touchdowns, 350 yards rushing, score two and throw for three. All right, you know what? And everyone will say, hey, you're getting on Josh Allen. That's fine, but he's got to stop turning the ball over. The Bengals were awful. First of all, they usually don't play when they go to Cleveland. Secondly, they got a big rainstorm that day, which clearly affected Burrow's ability to throw the ball. Burrow was just Awful, 14 to 31 for 82 yards, no TD passes. You expect to see a very different Bengal team against the Ravens this week. Ravens won in week one. They come in rolling along. You know, the Ravens are the Ravens, and the Bengals need to snap out of it quickly. You think they will. And then the Chiefs, first of all, they'll have Kelsey and Jones back. Well, it's only two guys who are Kelsey, the number one player at his position, Jones, as good as anybody at his position. So you got two players back, Kelsey injury, Jones holdout, okay? And then you got to deal with the drops. Let's see how Andy deals with what went on in week one. Does he take the ball Skymore's way or does he not? Does he take the ball 
Tony's way, or does he not? Those two had eight targets. Yes, Skymore caught one late. That would have been a very big play and probably given them a winning, uh, a, a winning result. But it was called back because of a hold. But on the past plays that they were targeted, they dropped six and had no yardage. The one play they called the reception was that inside little pitch that they run at the goal line where Kelsey, uh, where uh, Tony got it on the two and took it to the one. That was considered a reception. So they got one yard between them. But they were awful, especially Tony, who had the lowest-rated wide receiver game since 2006. So he should stop worrying about the Giants and start worrying about catching the football. So the Chiefs had no Kelsey, no Jones, and dropped the ball repeatedly. That's why they lost. Now they're in Jacksonville. Fun game. Jacksonville's got big designs. But again, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, watch how they bounce back. And you would expect all three of them to put up big numbers and bounce back this week. Seahawks and the Lions. The Lions got that win against the Chiefs, a big one to start the season off with. Seahawks banged up on the offensive line, coming off a bad week one. Now into Detroit where they're going crazy. I mean, they are going, you know, you know the whole thing with the sellout and the blue masks and the whole thing. Hey, listen, this is a different atmosphere now in Detroit. Going to Detroit used to be a picnic for the visitor. It's not that way anymore. Not under this head coach. This team means business. Chargers, banged up, probably go without Eckley here with an ankle, take on the Titans. Titans easily could have won that game in the Orleans. They didn't. Chargers lost the tough ones to the Dolphins, who put up huge numbers on them. Two would just cut them apart. Hill, interesting game, because one of these teams is already on two and staring into the abyss. Bears and Bucks, Bears bad in week one, Bucks really good in week one. Get a win in Minnesota. Now they come back. If they get to two and all, all of a sudden, you know, the Bucks, people picking them to win four games and five games, all of a sudden they might have two in the bank before we even get going here. I would expect the Bucks to win this game. And it could signal a very, very quick spiral into the oblivion for the Bears. Colts get the Texans. The best first-year quarterback was Stroud, okay? The Colts, Richardson was okay. They didn't give him a lot to do. Now he's a little banged up. He got hurt when he was trying to get that game. At 31-21, he tried to score and got hurt, got banged up. He's got some injuries. I don't know how much they're going to be careful with him in this game. We'll see. Uh one of these teams is going to come out here with a W. I think it would probably be the Texans because I think their defense is pretty good. And Colts are banged up on the offensive line. This is what you're going to call the impressive bowl for week number one. Niners ultra impressive with their win in Pittsburgh. Rams ultra impressive. You know, the demise of the Rams was maybe a little premature. Now they get the acid test in week two, bitter rival, Home, big game. If the Rams ever pull this off, and I don't think they will, but if they ever pull this off, that would be an enormous win and a 2-0 start for the Rams. 
Washington won against Arizona, but was not impressive. Now they get Denver. Denver needs a win, and they need to get a little Sean Payton magic into that offense. The offense, again, you know, they have better personnel than they perform to, and it's been a mystery. Now give Sean a little time. You know he's going to be aggressive. A lot of people writing off Russell Wilson completely now. But I would expect them to bounce back in this spot. If they don't, this is a very bad sign for Denver. Dolphins were terrific in week one. Now they take that offense, which can be as flashy as any offense in this league. Tua was sensational. Hill was even better than that. You know Belichick's taking Hill away. You know that going into the game. He takes away your best weapon. So you know that it's not going to be Hill this week. It's going to be everybody around Hill because he is going to take Hill away. You can take that to the bank. If he doesn't, have an investigation because you know he's going to. The Pat defense is good, and they showed a little spunk offensively and could have easily upset the Eagles in that game. They got a couple of bad breaks late. They got a two-point conversion call back that would have made it a three-point game. They got the ball down where they should have had a first down inside the 10 and a chance to win the game, but the uh, receiver didn't get his second foot down, and that turned it over on downs. They showed some spunk, and they showed some fight. This will be a very interesting Sunday night game. There's a Sunday night game, which is the Dolphins and the Pats in Foxborough, and there's two Monday night games, Saints and Carolina. Bryce Young was not good in week one. Carolina banged up on the offensive line. Saints are ready to get a win, and they could easily have a bounce-back season. And Monday night, Browns and Steelers. Browns were very impressive defensively in week one, and the Steelers were awful. Steelers need to bounce back in a big way right here after that game. Normally you'd say, hey, it's, it's early. Hey, not early when you play like that in week one and get your – Doors blown off by the Niners in your building. Steelers had been very impressive in the preseason. Everyone was very high on what they had seen, and now they did nothing in week one. Shows your preseason means absolutely zilch if you needed that reinforced. Browns, they, listen, it's a brutal division. Cincinnati is a serious, serious title contender. Forget what you saw in week one. They're a serious title contender. The Browns are a serious playoff contender, but the division is stacked. I mean, just stacked. Teams like the Browns and the Steelers would make the playoffs in the NFC. And you know one thing, the Steelers are never going to fall too far. They'll bounce back. Their defense will be there. They'll bounce back, but they have really did not look good Really did not look good in week number one. So the early headlines, Eagles jump out 2-0. The big three in the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals, all have to bounce back from week one losses. It's amazing how much people overreact. I heard people burying the Chiefs. If the Chiefs had held on to one pass that they dropped, they would have won the game. One They dropped like six 
if they had caught one of those balls, if they didn't get a flag on the Sky Moore reception, they win the game. They didn't play with Kelsey. They didn't play with Jones. Those are two of the best players in the league. They're back in week two. You're nuts if you're writing off the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be there at the end. I'm not saying they're going back to the Super Bowl because that's very difficult to do. But you know what? They're going to be a fixture in the playoffs, and they could get to another AFC title game. And they've been a fixture in that year after year. And there's no reason they won't be there again, despite how bad they looked at times in week one. Because they look bad in their bread and butter. They look bad in their passing game. And that's because he didn't have his go-to guy in Kelsey. And you had a bunch of guys that they were counting on. Remember, they have talked Tony up big time. For him to come out and play like that had to be a real eye-opener for the Chiefs. They have talked about him. Andy Reid's talked about him. Mahomes has talked about him being a star. And then he goes out and can't hold on to a single pass. That was amazingly embarrassing, almost stunning to see him dropping the balls like that. The question has never been talent with Tony. It's been can keep him on the field and deal with some of his extreme behaviors. But drops have never been the issue. Now they're a big issue. And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see whether he makes Sky Moore and Tony get to the back of the line now and earn it. Or does he go back to them and say, here, we're going to force feed you right from the start. Let's see how they play it in week number two. We'll get to a couple of quick emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Now remember, get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon and you earn a square. You can earn up to three squares on a game. Gives you a chance to see if you can nail the final score. If you do with your box, you know what? You're going to win money. You could win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Not a bad gig, okay? You get free action. You get free fun. You get free entertainment, all courtesy of Bet Rivers. And remember, go to the Bet Rivers app for all of your wagering needs. Knock it down, okay? And you can go there. They'll have all the up-to-date information. They have many interesting and entertaining wages for you. And remember, hey, the whole thing doesn't work unless you do this with recreational money. Don't, don't, don't dip in to anything that you need. Do this with your entertainment dollar. That's what it's for. If you keep it in perspective, you can have fun with it. It can be a recreation. It can be an entertainment. You don't turn it into something that becomes debilitating or dangerous. And you know what? You got to, like anything else, you have to keep anything in life in moderation. That's just the bottom line. Balance is the key at all times. Now, as we said, we'll get to some emails here. You can reach me, of course, by just going to Mike Francis, a podcast at gmail.com, gmail.com. Is Matthew Stafford an option for the Jets? Well, first of all, Nobody's an option from another team in week one. Number two, the Jets believe Rodgers. They've been, Rodgers has been big about coming back. Woody Johnson has been big about coming back. The Jets want this to be in their future, that 
this year is leading up to an Aaron Rodgers return next year. That is their plan, which means they are not going to trade valuable picks for a quarterback. They are going to ride him. They're going to ride Zach right now. Now, if in three or four weeks they have come to a conclusion that this is not working, which is a distinct possibility, and I would say even a probability, they have to either have by then added another quarterback that can play or decide to go and give something up for next year. Uh, can you think of any comparison to a situation like Rogers in terms of all the months of hype and excitement and it being wiped out in four plays? I, the only thing that we, after the 98 season, there was, which was ended bitterly disappointing in Denver with a 10-0 lead in the third quarter before Denver got going and the Jets' most sure-handed players turned the ball over. And the guys who were the pillars of the Parcells regime with multiple teams had a nightmarish second half. I was there. And it was a nightmare that led to a 23-10 uh, defeat at the hands of the title game. But they believed, and everyone believed, and the hype was enormous all preseason, all offseason, as the Jets were a Super Bowl and a serious Super Bowl contender. And then Vinny went out and went down in the first half. That was stunning. That hit them and took their breath away, just like this did. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, I've seen star players go down even in preseason games. It takes the life out of a team when it's a star running back or a quarterback, okay? Nowadays, quarterback in the old days, a star running back would have filled the same bill. Um, so there's not a lot of cases of having a guy come to a team and then all of a sudden be done. I mean, he never completed a pass. He never completed a pass for the Jets. Think about the attention he received since last spring, and he never completed a pass. Could the Jets bring Mike White back? They listen, Mike White is on the Dolphins, okay? Dolphins and the Jets are not trading. Nobody's going to trade you their backup quarterback at this juncture. In Before the trade deadline, there could be, when things have changed a little bit, there could be some deals to be made. Right now, there are none. It's week two. So you got to be patient, and they'll say the long thing and the right thing. But listen, are they concerned? They're incredibly concerned. It would be stupid not to be concerned. How much longer do you see Belichick coaching? I don't know. First of all, I think he'll coach as long as he wants to coach. He seems to be in pretty good health and pretty good shape. Belichick and I have never been close, so I don't know. I don't speak to him. Um... He seems to still have a hunger for the sport. I think he loves football. I think he loves making game plans. I think he loves the practice field. See, if you ever talk to coaches, they love practice. They love 
game planning. They love the games. They get tired of the peripheral nonsense. In colleges, it might be recruiting or dealing with the alumni or going to cocktail parties. In the NFL, it could be the owner. It could be the media. It could be all the, all the different things, the, the peripheral stuff. But they love, you know, I can remember Arapos saying to me years and years ago, okay? He said to me, you know what? If I could have just gone to practice, game plans, and coached the games, I would have coached forever. He said, that's the fun part. And I think... Belichick still loves all that stuff, and he calls his own shots. So I don't know. I, I, I think you'd have to ask him that question and then either believe or not believe his answer because I, I, I don't think we know. I don't think his, I don't think his uh, leaving is imminent. I think he would like to have a really successful team without – without the old guard, you know, with a new face at quarterback and new players. You know, he has not done a great job restoring the talent. We all know how good he is at game planning. We all know how good he is at coaching defense. Um, most years, last year was an aberration. Most years, their special teams are good. Last year, they were not. Um, but picking offensive players has never been his forte. And uh, I think they have struggled in that regard, clearly. At wide receiver, they may have remedied that now. Uh, at quarterback, now remember it was uh, Dick Raven who was the guy who pounded the table for Tom Brady. And he's been given credit for that, you know, by everyone in that regime for a long time. They do have Bill O'Brien back, which should help the offense. Um, but they've only been a 500 team since the dynasty came apart. That's it. I think they're 25 and 26 since then. You know what? It's mediocre. It's not good. You can't do it no matter who you are as a coach. I don't care if you're talking about Bill Belichick, Bill Walsh, okay, John Wooden, Pat Riley, Popovich, you name whoever you want to name, whatever sport you want to name Nobody wins without talent. Nobody wins without. No one wins big without talent. Case closed. If you want to prove you can win consistently with talent, that's something else, but nobody wins without it. Enjoy week two. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.